Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the J-Side Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Jason. Jason, how was your week? My weekend or my week? Everything, man. It's been a, it's been a hot minute. Um, well, last week, it was kind of busy with just, you know, school stuff and work. I actually met and got sushi with my uh, branch manager for my internship. We caught up. Jealous. I got the, What'd you get? I got the uh, dragon roll. And it was awkward because he got an appetizer and I didn't, so I just had to like watch him eat his soup. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you got that miso? It was, yeah, it was actually really like uncomfortable. He was su- he's super nice. He's like a couple years older than us, but like <laughs> I was just like sitting there watching him eat, and he would be like talking to me with like his full mouth. He knew that like he had to like, engage in conversation while I'm just sitting there waiting for my sushi. <laughs> twiddling your thumbs. yeah but then uh other than that it was my roommate's birthday the other week so then some of his friends came up and we uh we all hung out and had a grand old time and then uh today at work had an interesting experience this dude comes in i swear he had a glass eye he came in and was just walking around the store grabbing a ton of stuff so i work at the nike outlet in oshkosh and He's got, like, two huge bags. Like, I could tell he probably had, like, 20 items. And he comes up, and it's, like, him. It's this big-ass white dude and this tiny little Asian girl. And he tells me right away, right off the bat, this is my personal masseuse, but she's also my girlfriend. Like, he was super, like, upfront about it. It was so awkward. And he's, like, how much do you think I'm about to spend? I was, like, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say. And he's, like, no, just take a guess. Why not? He's like, if you get if you guess closer than I do, then I'll give you five dollars. And I was like, all right, five hundred. And as I'm ringing everything up, he's like getting up to like six hundred dollars, and he's not happy about it. But like he's like, come on, like it's six hundred dollars. Like if you're gonna buy this much stuff, you can afford it. And yeah. I told him like, oh yeah, if you sign up for the membership, you'll save ten percent on your purchase. You know, grand, you know, usual Nike sales pitch. And then. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll sign up. And he tells the girl to go to the car and, like, leave for a second because he knew he had to, like, give me, like, some personal information that he didn't want her to have for some reason because he's been lying about his age. He told this girl that he was, like, 42 and he's, like, 55. <laughs> he literally tells me this. Jeez. He's like, yeah, I'm, like, 55, but she doesn't know that. She's, like, 25. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. No, no worries, man. You're good. And he's, like... I'm like with this guy for probably 15, 20 minutes at the register. And he's just going on and on about his personal masseuse girlfriend. And like every time she walks by, he's like, oh, look at her. She's so hot. I was so uncomfortable. It was so, it was so <laughs> weird. And then at the end, final, final total price was like 710. And he's like, hey, man, you got the closest price. And like as I'm like walking his bags over to him, he just like drops five dollars on the ground, and I was like, "Dude, I can't actually take that." And he's like, "Well, I'm not taking it," and just walks away and leaves a five dollar on the ground. And I was like, "Oh, like I literally can't take this. Like someone will find out." So I go and like call the manager. I'm like, "Hey, this guy tried to give me five bucks. Figured I'd just tell you." And they just grab it and left. And I was like, "Damn it, I should have kept it." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "I was like, I, I never like, did anything wrong about it, anyways, but." I don't know. It was the weirdest. It was the weirdest experience I've had with a customer there so far, for sure. It was super nice, but it, dude, that's just retail. You meet. I love retail because you meet like the most like wide, like the widest variety of people. But at the same time, like there's some weirdos and some douchebags. But like most most of the time, mm-hmm. it's pretty fun talking to just random people. They're strangers. They're nice. You're nice. It's a good time. What is considered retail? Is Mariano's retail? Like grocery, I don't, I think I would consider that like market, like 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 uh yeah, like groceries. Is that its own category? I feel like retail's like a umbrella term for all that stuff. But like retail, I think of like like I think of mainly clothing brands when I think retail, like or like you know like a Dick Sporting Goods, like Ashley furniture home store yeah like i think that'd be considered retail but it's it's consumer goods it's consumer goods so i guess i guess a grocery store could be considered retail yeah it would be because then like like a food like a deli like a deli on its own is considered retail i think because it's consumer goods i do a lot i think a lot of stuff applies to to retail because i think mariano's is my only quote-unquote retail job but yeah i don't know do you mean mariano's was just in like a 
in a weird location because it's right on like the border of Barrington, right? So you got a lot of like really snobby people there. Oh, yeah, um, but like I feel like that's also just the nicer grocery store in the area. Yeah, like it's yeah. the closest thing you'll get to Whole Foods. That's for sure. Because Whole Foods is like yeah, definitely. top of the line. Those Whole mm-hmm. Foods guys, anyone that goes to Whole Foods, they're definitely just terrible. <laughs> I actually really no, like I'm kidding. Whole Foods. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Dude, no, of course I love Whole Foods too, but I can't afford that I know, shit. I'm I wish yeah. I could. Um, when I used to, when my friend, she was raw vegan, um, like she never wanted to go to like a restaurant because like she doesn't want to eat anything that's like cooked or even like a salad's going to have dressing in there. So we'd always go to Whole Foods to just grab a bite to eat. Dude, it's good. But like, we would just go to like the salad bar, and she she'd show me like these vegan like chicken strips and all these weird yeah. things, and it it is really okay, good. But... I could definitely like go vegan if I want to, but it's really expensive. Yeah, it is. And living at home <laughs> right now, it's just so, it's impossible. My problem with vegan is anyone like okay, yes, it's expensive, but anyone that like is a vegan what's with them trying to replicate meat like like if, if vegan's so great why are you making fake chicken tenders like just eat a chicken tender then like like it's it's you want like you want a chicken tender obviously if you're having this thing that is as close to a chicken tender as you can get right mm-hmm. i think it depends because i know some people who are like disgusted at the sight of meat like yeah. they've been vegan for like five years and they could never like like their body's just not used to it anymore. But then there's other people who, like, they still crave it. I feel like it just takes time to get over that. Oh, I would not be able to do it. I would have cravings. I eat chicken every day, and I don't think I could ever stop eating chicken, like, as sad as it is. Like, it's, like, I don't want to say it's a, it's an addiction, but it's an everyday thing that I do. But it's just food. It's just a food that I really enjoy and that I think is good for me. But, like, yeah, just the vegan. Like, okay, so... There, I guess there's two types of vegans, though. is people that do it for dietary reasons and people that do it for, like, social reasons, you know? Like, so I guess the social yeah. reasons is either, like, saving the animals or, like... Or actually, what other social reasons is there other than so- saving the animals? <laughs> it, I feel like it all goes hand-in-hand hand with saving yeah. the animals because it could, like, boost the ecosystem. Yeah, ecosystem is a lot of funny. things for that. But, like, people that... Yeah. Do it for dietary reasons, totally understandable. Like, you're doing what's best for your body. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. If I ever do it, I don't know. I I would definitely do it more for the kind of mortality-esque reasons. Like, seeing the videos that they have out there, it's so depressing. I would, yeah, it is super depressing. Like, the slaughterhouses. Yeah. Mm. I I wasn't eating hot dogs for years after seeing one of those one of those documentaries and i still don't love hot dogs just in general i think it's like kind of i'd I'd rather have a burger than a hot dog any day of the week but like the amount of stuff that goes into just that gunk that is hot dogs is just gross yeah i would see that's the thing i could live off of peanut butter and jellies (laughs) like sometimes i'll have like three of them in a day dude i just I just started to realize how much how good peanut butter is. Like I always like peanut butter is good, but like I didn't love it until recently. Like I'll just do a spoonful of peanut butter now, and I never did that before. Creamy or crunchy? Creamy. What brand? Jeff. It's the only one I can name. <laughs> do try Peter Pan. If you ever see Peter Pan peanut butter, it's like the butteriest, creamiest. Okay. So- all right. I'll write that down. Definitely worth a try. I will. Love that. I would try vegetarian. I would not try vegan, but I know I couldn't stick to vegetarian. Why? Just because of the chicken? Yes. Okay. Chicken and salmon are like the two meats that I eat the most, probably. And they're both so good for you and like have so many, like just positives to them. I don't know why I would stop. I don't know where I would get those other Mm -hmm. nutrients from. And if if you do get them from somewhere else, it's probably expensive. Yeah, a lot of people are on supplements to get all the vitamins and nutrients that they need. Yeah. So, gets pricey. Um, anything else this week? Uh, no, not really. Just, you know, got got some schoolwork going on. Nothing nothing admirable at the moment. How about you? We had our job fair. 
my school to drop fair it's kind of kind of sloppy i mean it's virtual it's definitely not yeah easy. that's the thing like virtual job fairs and nobody knows what's going on they've got group meetings they've got individual meetings every company does it differently so it was really sloppy on that end um but i also got a haircut um that was exciting Just so everyone knows jesse's haircut is amazing i get like two haircuts a year my last haircut was in july i think so i've been cutting it shorter uh lately when i get haircuts just because i know it's gonna grow out for so long just because i'm going to school coming doesn't back. it feel good though don't you feel fresh yeah i think the day of the haircut though you you're talking like the day of the haircut you feel i great. mentioned that no but i don't feel that the first day of the haircut i'm what? like i look no. in the mirror i'm like who is this guy man what Where, where'd you yeah. where'd you do with jesse right uh, I love not recognizing myself. But the next day, the next day, I'm normally like, "All right, all right, this is this is all right. We're getting there. We're getting okay." There. So that that's fair as long as you start to like have that enjoyment soon. Mm-hmm. Like, re- like it took a while. No, I think the reason it took a day for you to reset is because it had been so long. Yeah. Whereas I get a haircut every month, so like I look forward to it. Yeah, versus like you fair. were like kind of you were nervous. Yeah, because everything changes in my life. I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah, what? If you started to get a haircut every month or every two months, I bet you'd feel the same way. Yeah. Because if you had it, like, on a schedule. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I'll start. Maybe I'll, I'll turn a new leaf. Maybe I'll start cutting my own hair every month. We'll see. Probably a bad yeah, idea. You look, you, look, you look so good. Dude, I, Do it. I just can't ever figure out what's going behind my head, right? Like, yeah, some people that's have, why like, people don't mirrors. really cut their own hair. But, yeah. But, like, I never know, like, when I'm combing my hair. When I've got longer hair, it's probably just a big old nest back there. I never know. Yeah. So. But, like, who cares? Exactly. So. You don't have to look at it. Only other people do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Jason, I remember we talked in, like, the first or second episode of the podcast, right? Uh, we're talking about different, like, networks. And we brought up LinkedIn. And mm. you seem to have a uh, opposing opinion as as some other people. I know when to admit I'm wrong, and I would like to retract my statement about LinkedIn. I've been spending a more decent amount of time on it in the past week or so, and I see the bonuses of it. I see the networking capabilities that it has. I think I was kind of like blind to it or like ignoring parts of it. Because of the way that both Harper, my community college, and my current institution treat it, they treat it as if it's like a homework assignment. So I, that's how I that's how I viewed it. Like you had to do certain things on LinkedIn for certain like business development classes. That always pissed me off. I was like, like this is literally ruining. Like it's like your mom and dad getting on Facebook. That's what it felt yeah. like. I was like, I just want to do my own thing on LinkedIn. They definitely had like some constructive criticisms and like things that were helpful for developing your your LinkedIn page, but like. Then they started to have like certain requirements that you had to do, and those requirements shouldn't be required for everyone because they're only applicable to certain fields. But I, I realize how much I can get out of it now. So if you are someone that enjoys LinkedIn and you were upset with my statement, I apologize. I think it's great. And you can connect with me, Jason Lamana, J-A-Y-S-O-N, L-A-M-A-N-N-A. There you Too go. Too fast to spell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's so bizarre because if you look at Let's say Instagram. If there's somebody that you admire in your field who is on Instagram, you could follow them. You could send them a DM. But the DM gets lost into, like, the DM requests. And so there's a very, very slim chance that they'll respond to it. Or they might have somebody else even running that kind of, like, department for them if they're a little bit up in the uh, business. But LinkedIn, like, I have the chief operating officer of taco bell on my linkedin network and i could just like message him and just shoot him a message and he could respond he won't an- he could respond he might not. probably won't <laughs> but, but i have but that network it's like having their phone number it's crazy that's the cool thing about linkedin is there's fo- you can still follow people like you can on instagram twitter facebook whatever it is you can still follow people but then there's connections mm-hmm. and it, it, some people i think you got to be aware of that connecting people versus following people like, if you're going to connect with someone and someone accepts your connection or you accept theirs, like, that should be – that should mean that you are open to actually networking with them or connecting with them if if it comes down to it. Yeah. doesn't mean you have to. doesn't mean that, like, you, you're required to. But if, if you're going to add someone to your connect, your connection, you should be having that – you should have that willingness to actually do so. Yeah. People in the industry – That's what it's all about. Treat it completely differently. Liron Topaz, somebody that I talked about from DreamWorks Animation Studios that I talked about. 
um, a couple episodes back, he said that if anybody in like our class, because he came to speak to our class, uh, tried to message him on LinkedIn, he would instantly decline everybody. He only accepts like <laughs> close coworkers and his friends on LinkedIn. So some people are like that, but it's a very small majority. A lot of people are very open to connecting and helping you with achieving your goals. Yeah. So see, I get that because I I feel that way for some. Like, I only want some people to, like, see certain things on, like, my Twitter or whatnot, I think. But, like, on LinkedIn, I feel like it's a different world. But if that's how he views it, then that's fine. I, I In my uh, consumer behavior class, we had a guest speaker last Friday, and he instantly plugged his LinkedIn at the beginning and end and said, oh, yeah, connect with me, like, literally right now if you want. Like, you can connect with me, and I'll, I'll reply back to to your message within 24 hours almost every time like he's super helpful if you need any help in either like like job search or just career path advice whatever it is he was like yeah reach out to me that's what i'm here for like i think that's an alumni thing though too because he's a uw alum i bet any scad alum would be more than willing to help you versus well, he, he's not a scad right he's not a scad alum he is not i think he graduated from RISD. oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he told me that um I think that's just the alum. Like, I, I would love to help, like, alum or uh, students when I'm an alumni, like, if they need it or if, like, they think that I can help them. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, like, that's an achievement to, like, have people look up to you that were in your shoes at one point. Yeah, absolutely. But there's so many, like, like recruiters that, like, post, like, listings on LinkedIn that I think, like, you can't tell. Some of them are real. Some of them are not, right? So what, what do you mean by that? Do you know, do you, like, the messages that you get? If you log on to your LinkedIn right now, mm-hmm. you don't have a ton of random messages from random people that are trying to get you to do some, like, some job. Or maybe it's just in Does the Does it say field. sponsored next to it? Some of them do, some of them don't. If they say sponsored, I'd ignore it. Um, I mean, just, just check with it. Like, if it's somebody from a business that you're aware of, and if you search that business and go to people, you could check if they're listed under the people who are working for that job. Well... Yeah, no, I totally get that, but, like, I've got at least one, two, three, four, five, six, six right now messages from people that are not sponsored, and it's, like, the first one is talent acquisition specialist or Ripple Match. Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know who this person is, and they sent me a whole message. Like, I see that you're a business professional and have got impressive profile, blah, 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 but, like, I almost feel like they're trying to like get something out of me or scam. Like I don't, I don't feel like they actually want me for, you know, the job, whatever it is that they're promoting. How do recruiters do good in their field? They fill positions, correct? Well, you're saying like how they're, uh, how they're like how it scales, like how they're evaluated, yeah. like based on their performance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some companies have some structure that can grade how many of the people that they hire and how like um impactful they are to the company in like certain like after one quarter two quarter like a whole year whatever it is but yeah i bet a lot of companies they just they evaluate them based on how many people they get to fill positions so so yeah it makes sense that they just contact anyone and everyone but if it's for a marketing position, it's still helping you. They're letting you know that there's a marketing position open in their business. So it's still worth looking um. into. There's somebody who messaged me, I think, like six months ago about uh, game studios at Amazon. And they said, yeah, we have a few positions uh, popping up. You could send me your resume or anything so I could kind of like put you in the system. And never really heard back. But today she messaged me again saying that she just created a new job posting. And she sent me the job ID so I could just click on the ID and go straight to her posting. And so I've got like a quick in. And so my resume and my application will be like the very first one that shows up. So that's nice. See, because there's definitely components of LinkedIn that are like very resourceful to the people that um, are actually like considering it or like that are looking for it more aggressively than others. Because like anyone can just like apply to any marketing or management or art job out of nowhere but like there's certain structures set in stone so that it can uh set certain people aside that have more depth to their profile than than the average applicant right yeah yeah um a lot of jobs if you ever go to like the job posting page they you could um 
there's a bunch of filters that you could apply if you want to work in the United States, if you want to work in a different country, if you're looking to work immediately, or um, you could check the yeah the if you want to be entry level position, senior position. So you could really kind of like break everything down um, to find the job that works for you, which is really nice because a lot of other sites don't have that. Um, but sometimes there will be like an entry level position that has a requirement that you have like five years plus industry experience so it's clearly not an entry-level position but they just put in as an entry-level position either because they forgot to change it or maybe they're just trying to get as many people to look at as possible so yeah there's parts of it that, that can be intimidating because like you find a job that like it might be the company that you love and then it might be a position that's super relevant to you and your your studies or whatever field of work you're in and then you click on it's like oh Masters required, ten years of experience required, and you're like, mm, never mind. <laughs> but like, <laughs> screw it, go for it, apply for it. Message the recruiter, message the company. Do any like, it's not gonna hurt you. Yeah, and what's really cool about it too is there's a, a company that I was looking into. So I message a technical director at the company, which is kind of a position that I'm trying to get into. Um, so I made a connection with them on LinkedIn, right? And then after that, I reached out to a recruiter at the same company. Now, when I connect with the recruiter, it will say that we have one mutual connection already because me and the technical director have already oh. something going. So he could also contact her and say, hey, do you know this person? How do you know them? And they'll probably just be like, oh, they just reached out to me. They're looking for guidance, blah, blah, blah. And I think that puts a positive impression on you because you're trying to get out yeah. there and learn more about the company. That that kind of has to do with what we were talking about last night. Jesse and I did a little like workshop on his cover letter last night for one of his positions. Great cover letter, but one thing that I recommended that I think anyone should do when sending a cover letter or resume to a company, not only email it or send it in an applicant or resume drop um, digitally, but send a physical copy, get that like to their front door, like in front of their eyes so that not only are they seeing it twice, but they're seeing it in two forms, physical and digital. You'd be surprised how many spots that can bump you up in the recruiting process just by putting your name there in more ways and more times. They're going to see your name twice. They're going to see your job experience twice. They're going to see everything twice, and that, that can do a lot versus you know the other 40, 40 or 100 or whatever it is, people that only sent it in once. They're going to see a difference there. They're going to see um, more, something that means that you are a little more committed committed than others might be, which can go a long way. Yeah. Along with that, uh, something to be mindful is a lot of larger corporations have automatic resume um, processing software. Filters, yeah. Yeah, so it might boil your entire resume down to like your name, your school, and like it might have a keyword search to say maybe uh, they're looking for people who can code in C++. If you don't have C++ on your resume, instantly gets swiped to the side and they never yeah. look at it. So what Jason's saying, sending a physical copy could really make a difference on these larger companies. So Yeah, because then the, that filter won't be able to get your resume out of the way. If you are missing something, I mean, you might get thrown to the side anyways if you are missing whatever it is, if it's that important. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's a lot of things that people don't look for, that people put on resumes that aren't required. Oh, first thing I found out was never have your resume be more than one page after I made my first resume. If it's more than one page, the second page is getting thrown out or they'll just throw the whole thing out. <laughs> and then uh, just like an overwhelming like description can be stupid. Like if you like talk about yourself in it, which is fine, but don't like, you know, use big descriptor words that take up a lot of space on that. You want to get your point across. You want to like try to explain what you do, what you have done and like your achievements and goals and whatnot. You know, don't try to, don't try to like make it look pretty, you know, a, a, appealing visually, but don't try to write a poem on there. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing it, it's so crazy too, cause I feel like everybody has a different perspective on how to write a resume. Like I would go oh, yeah. through all throughout high school. They're like, you need a strong objective. objective <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Summary. That's what you need. That's what's going to get you places community yeah. college they were still kind of there they're just kind of like yes men at my community college like yeah it's mm. great it's great don't, don't worry about it you're fine you're good and then i got to like my college college and they're like what what is this what are you what are you <laughs> doing man 
And so I just like this. How did you get here? Yeah. (laughs) So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. So, yeah, no, I agree. Like if though about like high school to community college to, you know, university you end up at or the college that you're at it, it, they're going to tell you different things. Like no, no one's ever on the same page, especially in like the professional world. There's different advice from different people in different worlds. And my, my university told me like, you know, the strong objective, they pushed that also. And I still, I still thought it was stupid the whole time. Like, like there's more important things about on your resume than the objective. That's one that's, there's no doubt about it. But like, I, I knew deep down, like, this is stupid. I just have to do this because they want me to. Yeah. And that was a part of the LinkedIn thing. They, they make me write your objective. They have to put your objective in your LinkedIn and like, they check your LinkedIn and you get graded on this, on an, on an assignment. Isn't that like ridiculous? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Like, if I don't think that it's relevant or that like I need it, like they might be right in some ways, but like I don't think it was necessary. Like it was just it's that's what the thing. Like it was an assignment. So that's where I felt like LinkedIn was just another homework assignment at one point. Like it was just it was a simple class where like everyone has to take it. It's in the business school. It's like a one credit class. So there was all these stupid assignments like that. And then you get past it and you're like, Okay, now I can do whatever I want with my LinkedIn finally. Yep. Yep. I'm taking a uh animation professional development class where it's just kind of like going over a resume cover letter business cards website demo reel things like that and my professor who's in the animation department told me and like five other people in our class that a technical animator is now a position which it a hundred percent is we have yeah, like what? a concentration at our school called technical animation it's <laughs> he's like it's not real <laughs> and one of the most demanded jobs in the animation department and he's like, Jesse, that's not a job. <laughs> it's like, so okay. is he, is this, sorry, is he just misinformed or is he right? And like, then like, that's what, is that like what he was told to tell you guys? Or is he just misinformed? He's just misinformed. I don't, to be honest, I don't really know what this <laughs> man like, He's does. just a loser. <laughs> like he has like a successful animation career, but I don't really know. He's never done like 3D and he's he's very abstract with his kind of like animation and stuff, so. He was doing like those newspaper ads. Yeah. <laughs> like the cartoon, like cartoons on like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like Disney, yeah. It's just something like super generic, but um uh wow. So yeah, and another thing I want to talk about when I first applied for Amazon, because I was trying to get into the game studio because I'm animation, kind of wanted to get into some sort of gaming. Amazon just opened up their game studio and had their first game release, I'm pretty sure, in this past year. So I thought that'd be a great opportunity, so I jumped on that. However, when I was applying for the game studio, it goes through AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. I've heard it. They said on the application, are you comfortable with getting a government clearance? I was like, why? What? And it it wasn't like a low level. It was like a pretty high level government clearance. And this is for like a gaming service. Was there certain qualifications within the clearance that you remember? No, there was not. But us talking to somebody recently and what they said is that the government outsources a lot of their information and stores it in the AWS databases because they have the cheapest web hosting in the world. So apparently, if I were to get a job there, I'd be able to access those databases that the government has, and that's why I would need that government clearance. I've I feel like because in some of my classes we talk like cybersecurity. That's it's so like so weird how the government relies on these like publicly traded companies nowadays. For it's usually like data data storage or like you know data mining also, mm-hmm. but. Like, like the government's because okay anytime you go on any government website it's instantly 20 20 years outdated yeah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> i don't know why they can put trillions and trillions of dollars into tanks and armies and military but they can't get dude like some dude living in his basement could make the website for any government website and make it a hundred times better than any of the bullshit that they've built 20 years ago yeah it's insane but so these clearances they probably have to do with um who has access to the like you will have you'll have access to certain datas and uh whatever it is softwares or files that are used by publicly traded companies but the government also uses them which is so weird because you you think that they would be their own entity or be able to do it on them on their own yeah. considering you know their you know budget for america <laughs> they could do something yeah it's crazy it's crazy to me 
God. What pisses me off right off the bat, whenever I think about, like, government websites, I just get mad. I'm like, dude, who's the idiot that allows these websites to stay up? Like, do you remember <laughs> when – did you file for unemployment when COVID hit? No. Oh, my God. I tried to do Wisconsin and Illinois unemployment. Both websites were literally 20 years outdated. Nothing worked. You try to file a claim. Doesn't go through. It's not, like, it's not a live feed. All the information on there is just so misleading. The website just looks like shit. It's not interactive at all. And it just it just got me so mad. I was like, the government sucks just because of this. <laughs> like, their website design is so bad, and I genuinely was, like, mad at America for it. That's crazy. <laughs> Let's Someone just, can do something about yeah, it. Yeah, just get on Wix, get on WordPress, just figure something out. Use a template. Yeah. You'll be fine. Literally. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Um, real quick, I wanted to mention something weird that I noticed about Facebook. Mm-hmm. So do you go on Facebook often? No. Like never, right? I, what's interesting is my community college use that as like the main platform for communicating. So like all, um, what were they called? Not classes, not hobbies, clubs, all clubs would have like <laughs> okay. their own, uh, like Facebook group page, and that's how everybody communicates. So I haven't used it in a couple of years, though. Now, yeah, no, well, that's how like my school is too. Like the sublet board, the clubs, and everything, like everything that goes into it. But dude, I've noticed this in the past like year or so. Like, it's wild how many like people our parents' age. I don't know if your parents are on Facebook. My mom is a heavy Facebook user. So she, it was my brother's birthday, his 25th birthday, like a week or whatever ago. And um, my mom made a Facebook post posting some pictures of him and I and us and all of us and whatnot. He gets, I think, he's not even on Facebook. He gets, I counted over 30 comments from my mom's friends that like probably have not seen Alex or talked to Alex in at the very least two years, some of them maybe never have even met him or know who he is. And I think that's just ridiculous that like people post happy birthday posts on Facebook. It's usually like a parent to the child. And so I'm not even going to give the name because I don't know who these people are. Like blah, blah, <laughs> blah. Happy birthday, Alex. Happy birthday to your son. Happy birthday. Like they have no idea who my brother is, mm-hmm. but they feel the need to comment happy birthday on my mom's post just because they're friends Mm -hmm. like would you ever say happy birthday to like one of your mom's friends that you have never met before in your life on facebook no even if they were my mom's close friend that i've met several times i would never wish them a happy birthday on facebook (laughs) or not (laughs) you're just you're just a loser yeah you're just a douchebag i would never say happy birthday to carol (laughs) i just thought i think it's so weird is it it's a gratification thing like it's. I mean, that's all of social media, though. Yeah. I think it's so weird how, like, 30 people that don't know me or my brother feel the need to comment happy birthday when they don't know who we are, but they're doing it so that my mom feels good about it, and then that way they'll my mom will do it back to them when it's their kid's birthday. It's, it's like it's, it's a reciprocating gratification thing. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's really bizarre. And just how Facebook's kind of oriented, like – you you have a page like a timeline right like kind of instagram's the same thing i mean they're owned by the same people now um but facebook has like when you're on instagram right you look at the their feed and it's just like pictures that they posted or artwork that they posted and that's all you see if you want to see comments or anything you click on it Whereas Facebook is just like everything that people are saying about you to you is just on your wall. And I think that's really weird. I do not like that. It's so, yeah. so strange. Um, if there's if I forget somebody's birthday, though, Facebook's the first place I go to go to their wall and I just yeah. scroll till I see 20 happy birthdays on the same day. And I'm yeah. like, all right, that's their birthday. So you ever think about like how people remembered each other's birthdays before Facebook? It's crazy, dude. Like, like it, it could have been like your like best friend's mom's birthday like like let's say it was like 30 years ago you have no idea you just never say happy birthday she doesn't care never happened but now everyone and everyone's mom gets a birthday post on facebook Mm -hmm. every year and you expect it if you don't get it you're like oh my god they (laughs) forgot about me 
I remember one time in middle school, I changed my birthday on my Facebook to like the next day. It was like six months later than my actual birthday just to see who would like post happy birthday. I got like 30 fucking posts from like just people <laughs> that I see every day and they're like, happy birthday. Oh my God. I saw like the notification on Facebook and then I like, changed it back when my other, my actual birthday came around and everyone's like, wait, wasn't it like just his birthday? <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. But... I want to get into technology, just just because this is so mind-boggling to me. Um, are, are we segueing into crypto fashion? Not yet, man. We're we're far from it because this might take a while. <laughs> we might have to table okay. that, to be honest. Um, That's okay. But we can learn more. The think about was it 150 years? When was the Civil War? That was in the 1800s, right? Less than 200 years ago. Yeah, late late 1800s. Less than 200 years ago, Jason. That's when, I think that's when the first revolver, hold on. I love history, but I don't know a lot about the Civil War. Vietnam and World War II, I think I'm more educated on. Check this out, right? First revolver was invented in February 25th, 1836. Less than 200 years ago, that was the first gun. First gun 200 years ago. Do you know how they used to fight back in the day? They used to line Uh... up, single shot, bolt action. (laughs) stare at each other people would walk in the middle with trumpets playing (laughs) instruments and they would just actually stare at each other hilarious and just pull their triggers who would agree to that what is that system it's like hey man you got drafted you're going to the war all right give me a gun you get a trumpet (laughs) what is that it's so what is that you're like oh yeah i'm the hype man i'm the hype man i'll get in there you know i'll get the big drum Oh, and amp up the soldiers. God, it's war. War is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I I just think it's weird how America, like, you know, like the Department of Defense, like it's a department of the United States government, the Department of Defense. That's really just the Department of War, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And we have so much money that goes into it. And people view it as defense, you know, because the, de- the term defense is a lot less, um, violent or like like piercing than the term war yeah but it is it's the department of war and if you think it's not then you're wrong yeah because the, the whole point of it is to either prevent or react to war and it's that's like i guess prevent is defense but the whole basis of the defense system is war like it's that's what's based on and we just funnel trillions of dollars into it and like the civil war back then it was fought not through like numbers in in like you know guns really like or like how much money went into it Mm -hmm. these dudes were straight up passionate about fighting for their side Mm -hmm. like whereas now we're just like oh yeah send a missile (laughs) but like you know like the red coats and the blue coats those fuckers were actually crazy and wanted to tear the other guy's head off yeah like it was nuts insane like the passion that they had behind them yeah so much that they needed a band with them (laughs) (laughs) oh and think about like 200 years from now like yeah yeah you wanted to talk about technology holy so you can... cow like I, i'm yeah. terrified like there's so many like artificial intelligence and like well neural... good thing we'll be dead Ex- you never know man things are you know i'm crazy. hoping i'm dead in 200 years bro i don't want to be here for that yeah that's unless right. i can you know be 21 and, and exactly oh, i forgot and the, there's and a movie no idea of any actors in it no idea what the name is but i'm gonna give you the premise and you tell me because you've seen every movie jason you gotta know it i have so, i know every movie there's this like I think he's an architect. He's like a multi-million uh, dollar architect, and he's about to die, and he has like a host body that he gets his brain transplanted into. So he's got a new body, same brain. It's all him, but he's in a new body. That could totally be. Done, I know right? a show called uh, Altered Carbon, and that's basically what it is. They get their body, they get their 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 conscience put into a new body mm-hmm. um but i this is a movie no i don't know it but no th- like think about it like that's theoretically possible because anything can fucking happen within technology and crazier uh crazier leaps have been taken since you know like the first computer or whatever mm-hmm. like that could happen i don't know the movie but i mean are you going I'll try in to the direction that you're saying you would do this or not that's it's a it's a great great question um that i mean we could get into a whole thing of morality because are you taking somebody's life 
to do this or is this like a grown body in a laboratory well, i'm sh- that's the thing though there would be i'm just instantly going off the show altered carmen there would be there would be policies and rules against killing to take their body sure. but people sure. are going to do it anyways of course they're like oh wait i don't have a body well joe Schmo hobo down the street doesn't need his he's a hobo exactly <laughs> um but we've cloned sheep right like there's been countless areas where we've really just like cloned a sheep that's so insane and there's other countries china russia you don't know about this there's been successful cloning of animals check it out but there's probably other countries who have done human testing there's probably in the united states that we've done human testing but we just haven't released it to the public because that'd probably scare the shit out yeah well that's a lot of just secrets of America. Like pe- people say that there's you know confirmed aliens, mm-hmm. and I believe there is aliens, but I don't think there's anything that's actually confirmed. Yeah, and like I really wish there was though, because I think a world where we're the only human, <laughs> we're the only living beings in the universe is much scarier than being surrounded by other living beings. Yeah, like I agree with that. Imagine being the only fucking like living heartbeat in the <laughs> universe is on Earth. Yeah. Oh, the rest of space. There's nothing else. That's much more terrifying. Mm-hmm. There's a kid in one of my classes. Don't know his name, but he's from Russia, and he was telling us about a uh, like a system that they have in Russia. It's literally just like a light switch that they could turn on and off, and it switches everybody's internet in Russia to like a private network or a public network. So let's say everybody's everybody in Russia. So let's say so that it's like a there VPN was... power switch. Yeah, so it just completely changes all of the network paths. So if, let's say there was an attack, like a war that Russia started, they could switch a button and then change all the news for everybody. That's crazy power. Like, dude, that's wild, yeah. So, I mean, this is just what some kid in one of my classes said, and he says he's from Russia, so there's a chance that... (laughs) Sergey. Exactly. That's so weird, though. But, dude, like, I wouldn't doubt if that's a thing in America or mm-hmm. if it isn't yet but will be. Because if you look at... Or, like, China. Yeah, China. I mean, China just permanently restricts access to everything. There's no Facebook. There's no Instagram. There's yeah. no social media. Everything goes through WeChat. Dude, imagine, like, North Korea. Like, they don't know, they don't know anything. Those poor citizens mm-hmm. have never been exposed to anything other than what is on their own land. You know what's interesting? They had, I think it's Red Velvet. Do you know who Red Velvet is? I love Red Velvet Cake. <laughs> no, what? Uh, they're, Wait, uh, what? They're, they're a K-pop group. You had me at Red Velvet. <laughs> uh, See, I don't, I, don't know a, I don't know fuck all about K-pop. I don't know anything. Sorry to hear that, man. It's okay. You're going to get a lot of backlash on this episode. Right, you're just a K-pop stan. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but Red Velvet performed in North Korea. I don't know if it's for Kim Jong-un or just for like military officers or just like a crowd. But it was so funny to watch. There's videos of it. And... There's a, there's a lot of, like, portrayals where people, like, took snippets where, like, they're dancing, having a crazy good time, and then you look at the crowd, and everybody's stone-faced, cold, not smiling, not doing anything. But that's only for a little bit. There are other times Those where they did cheer people. and have a good time, but... No, dude. It's they really crazy. literally prisoners. They're robots. That sucks. Um, what's We can say that, though. Too. Because no one in North Korea is allowed to listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, but... Do you know what Yes Theory is? It's a channel on YouTube. No. Never really watched their stuff, but there was a video I saw today about they traveled to Iraq for a week. Um, which, would you, ever, nice. <laughs> would you ever travel to Iraq? Well, see, it's got a bad connotation with it. But, like, see, if you ask someone, if you ask someone in the 1970s, would you ever go to Vietnam? <laughs> They're like, are you fucking serious, Vietnam, bro? Do you know what's like, like that's the like that's a fucking war there. But yeah. now people go to Vietnam; it's a huge tourist attraction. Like it's mm-hmm. beautiful there. Like I, I think one of my professors last year told me she was an anthropologist. She did a whole like year of studying in Vietnam. She said it was the best time of her life. Yeah. But no one in the 1970s would ever, ever even consider going there. I think. Mm-hmm. There's um but sorry go ahead I I don't I don't think I would because it has a bad connotation to it There is a lot of war that happens in Iraq right It's it's mainly spread into two different areas There's northern Iraq which is kind of like the mountainous areas and that's kind of like a safe haven Uh there's okay. attacks from time to time from different terrorist groups ISIS is 
very prominent in Iraq. But in the northern area, like there's some places where it's like so beautiful and such a nice culture and everybody's so welcoming and accepting. And like in America, we're just exposed to only being war in Iraq, Afghanistan, war, war, war. That's yeah. it. But there's some really beautiful places in that area. And if you're in that northern bridge, like you're going to be safe for the most part. But if you try to cross the border into actual Iraq, then there could be a lot more conflicts because it's hard to travel legally into Iraq right now just because of all the war that's happening. See, that's that's so weird to think about how other countries have those like like that's a known like you're saying that's a known thing that like if you live there or around Iraq, you're probably aware of that split. Mm hmm. Yeah. Whereas no one, no one in North America is probably aware of that unless they're like, you know, ex-military or current military. Yeah. Or you. <laughs> but <laughs> but then, like, imagine if that was a thing here where it was like, oh, yeah, don't go to Arkansas, bro. You can't. <laughs> they're wild <laughs> in Arkansas. Like, they'll get shot. Like, you'll get, yeah, it's, yeah there's war there. <laughs> Fucking what's in Arkansas, though? <laughs> that's, that's another thing. Um, I feel like the United States... At least for us in our age, we're it's trying to... So, it's weirdly segregated. Yeah, we're trying to go to, like, the action, right? You, you mm-hmm. a little bit different. Like, you're trying to go to Colorado. Colorado is still popular. There's a lot of cool stuff in Colorado. I don't know, man. I'm thinking maybe, I'm thinking maybe Nashville or uh, somewhere in Florida now. But Florida's kind of bumping. But, yeah, regardless. California's bumping. Never heard somebody be like, dude, North Dakota? That's the shit right there, right? Yeah, yeah. Like why isn't why isn't there a city in every state that is like super cool? Yeah, <laughs> like, like I can't name a single like city that's... in like half the states, which is kind of sad. Well, but that's kind of the point of like people want to not people want to live in rural areas. People like enjoy that rural life where there's not a city for hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. Like whereas I feel like if you live in Europe it's the same way though like there's there's country and then there's spain and then there's italy like there's it's the same way but we don't think of it like that because when you think of europe you mainly think of like the bigger cities same way people the way people think of america they think new york la chicago yeah like nowadays the the new up-and-coming cities which is like denver austin dallas like miami whatever it is like like but everyone like instantly thinks of america like most people, I'm guessing. I don't think I'd be far off by saying this, but I'm guessing if if you ask someone that's never been to the U.S. from that's from Europe or Asia or whatever, when you ask them what they think of when they think of the U.S., they probably think of downtown Manhattan, New York City. That's like the that's like kind of just the thing that is instantly made as a connection in your head. I think as a foreigner, yeah, a foreigner to us, yeah, we're yeah, foreigners yeah. to them, which is another weird thing to think about. We're foreigners to other people, but we would never, you'd never, you consider yourself a foreigner until you become one in another country mm-hmm. um another thing that's interesting is let's say i'm in chicago talking to like my cousin's friends or something if they ask me where i'm from if i say i'm from chicago they'll get really mad at me right they'll be like no no you're not from here you're not you're not yeah. one of us you know no but like, yeah if i go because we're not yeah but if i go to scad where i'm states away and we have a large international student population if i say i'm from the suburbs they're gonna be like huh what like if i say chicago they're like oh chicago no way yeah they're super excited and then you know they they visit you and they see (laughs) your they see like zerk and they're like what is this shithole (laughs) we have to go 40 minutes to get to the city why'd you bring me here no it's it's kind of the same way for me when i meet people from here and they ask me where i'm from i say chicago land area and that's usually the best way of putting it without because i've met someone that's from like literally like like epicenter of like like south side chicago <laughs> and they're like oh yeah where are you from and i'm like uh the suburbs <laughs> and then like i think i, th- I would think i said the suburbs i said it like a douchey white boy i said the burbs <laughs> from the burbs whereas like if i if you go to like any other city that isn't within in the midwest and you tell them you're from chicago they're just going to be okay with that mm-hmm. um there was which is fine there was one person at SCAD, where I was like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. They're like, no way, I'm from Chicago, too. And I was like, oh, shit, oh, no. Are they, like, from <laughs> Chicago? Are they going like, to call shit, me you better out? be from, like, you, you better be from, like, pa- like Palatine or something. 
Uh, they they were from Highland Park though, so they were like from the suburbs too though. That's where my dad worked. Mm-hmm. Highland Park school place. But he knew somebody that I knew from College of Lake County, which was super bizarre because we're really oh, far I love away. That, but it's cool. It's cool. I love those small world interactions. Yeah. They're so they're so special. My my aunt. So actually, my aunt lives in Tampa, kind of like an hour from my brother, probably. But she randomly texted me, like, two years ago. Hey, do you know Ryan Brandt? You remember Ryan Brandt from high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was never really close to him at all. But she's like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, getting brunch with his grandma right now. (laughs) And they're, like, in the middle of, like, some senior citizen community in Tampa. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, like you live down the street from a kid that I go to high school with. Never would have known that ever. That's That's a small world interaction for her. Like, it's hard for me to think of a recent Smart World interaction for myself, though. Do you know Mr. Bullion from high school? I, I know the name. I can't put a face to it, though. He was a math teacher. I am for two years. I am- oh, yes, I do. I do. I have some funny stories for him. But I am for two years, so I got to know him a lot. And then once I left, or once I graduated high school, I began working at this kind of, like, uh, coding place for children where we kind of just, like, taught them how to build games and do all that stuff. And we had, like, a pop-up stand at, like, a park in Libertyville one day. And he comes up to me with his daughter. He's like, Jesse? Bullion? What's up? And we just, like, talked and, like, He, like, up. quizzes you? <laughs> this bunch of quick algebra. He's like, square root of 45. <laughs> um, but, like, a year later, um, my dad messages me. He's like, do you know Mr. Bullion? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Sadly. I'm making teeth for him right now. I was like, wow, <laughs> that is bizarre. Uh, that so, is funny. It's just a small world, man. Yeah. Really, really interesting to, you know, meet people that you know. Mm-hmm. Or meet people that know people that you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you talk about them. It creates connections. Yeah. It's all part of your big network of life. Mm-hmm. This week, I'm recommending The Nice Guys. This was a 2016 comedy action film starring Ryan Gosling, directed by Shane Black supporting role of russell crowe um it's honestly just a really unique type of humor the whole film um you can watch on hulu and i think um it's a great movie to watch with some friends kick back laugh a little enjoy it and i guess the only thing left now is to uh talk about the enneagram that we said we would oh no griffin you never sent us the Enneagram test that we were supposed to take. So we will have that for the next episode, everyone. <laughs> and we will have a much more intuitive approach to it so that we can actually talk about it and give you our opinion on it, our insights and what we thought. And we'll give you our numbers and you can take the test too if you'd like. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just want to say thank you everybody for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at JSide Podcast or on Twitter as well at JSide Podcast. If you have any questions for us, feel free to send an email over to jsidepodcast at gmail.com. And if you if you guys want to follow some of my art stuff on Zumstein Art uh, on Instagram, feel free. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.